0: Le Cross fans, welcome to episode 48. Today, your ears are going to be graced by one hell of an individual. If Merlin the Wizard, Tony Hawk and Jeremy Corbyn had a menage a trois, you would get a Richard Gartside. I absolutely love Rich. He says how he feels and he doesn't lose punches and that's what we need in our lovely game. But before we talk with Mr Gartside, I'd like to personally thank the show's Patreon supporters for their continued support. On Patreon you get extended episodes, bonus episodes and and other exclusive content. You can give as little or as much as you like and it all goes to offsetting the running costs of the show. Of which, let's get on with it. He works for England Lacrosse, he still plays for Rochdale, he's sat on numerous boards for a number of years now. Most of all, he's a really nice bloke. Episode 48, Richard Gartside. All right, Mr. Gartside, tell us uh, about your lacrosse journey so far, sir.
1: Where do we start? It's a podcast in itself. Um, (laughs) I basically came from a lacrosse family. My uncle dragged my dad to play because somebody was injured. And my dad got both brothers playing because somebody hadn't turned up. So pretty much for my entire life, I was oiked around lacrosse pitches from the eight till. The age of 10 when I was old enough to play um so let's like I say I just brought up around it and probably my recollection is we moved to Rochdale well we lived in Rochdale at the time both my, my dad and my uncle played for Oldham both my brothers played for Oldham um but we lived in Rochdale so Rochdale had a junior program so my dad decided he was going to move to Rochdale to play lacrosse and was shunned by the other half of North Manchester. And <laughs> um I started playing then. And I think probably um if if I recall correctly, I was probably hanging around the club, age 12, planning on watching my dad what play. And somebody had cried off the first team, so my dad had got yanked along to that. And I was left behind and suddenly found myself playing my first game of Senior Lacrosse at twelve. <laughs> <laughs> No helmet, <laughs> just a pair of gloves, and if I remember rightly, my dad got an absolute roasting when I got home and told my mum what had happened.
0: Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet. I take it that you were supposed to be wearing a helmet, they just didn't have one for you. It wasn't like back in the day when they didn't wear anything but marigolds on their hands.
1: Well, it, they were compulsory, and they were <laughs> wow. they were expensive, and basically... Still are um, my dad was a teacher and couldn't afford to buy me a helmet, so I learned to play without one. Um, I mean, at the time, my dad wasn't I remember but my dad was a goalie and he didn't wear one either.
0: Jesus Christ!
1: So it was.
0: Like, it was the same in cricket when we were growing up. Like the rule came in that you had to, if you're in bat, you had to wear a helmet. And my dad was keen for us to play cricket, and this this rule came in like three years after we started playing. And, and someone said to them, "Oh, um." Your your sons need to wear a helmet now, and he was like, "Why? Like, oh, in case they get hit by the ball." Like, no, they'd be all right. They haven't been in so far. Like, oh, well, they might. They might. There is a, you know, they might sue you. And he was like, "No, they'll be fine." Get out there, go, and, go back like you did last week. Like, forget about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I say, it was. I think broken, bloody noses and broken noses were a regular thing. Like I say, my my middle brother's got a, a nose like the relief map of Africa.
0: Is he a looker?
1: <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like, say, from a mixture of a bit of rugby league and a bit of lacrosse and getting clonked on the head. So it, it was oh, just part blessing. of it. I think I got my first helmet when I was about 13. <laughs> That's crackers, man. So you
0: started playing for Rochdale. You now play for Rochdale. Were,
1: were there any, uh, did, you, did you go any other way at all? Or? Uh, I, tweet, I I had a brief foray with Crew and El when I was at college. Um,
0: right. That's allowed.
1: Yeah, That's okay. there were a lot of lacrosse players at Crew, and um, everybody played everywhere, and we just decided, "Would let's put a team in a league." So we did, and we won the league we went in. So, um, oh, happy days. Nice. But like I said, we were a bunch of sort of first and second division players that were all playing in the fifth division all of a sudden, and it, it was a it was interesting. We went quite a while without losing a game. <laughs> Uh, so I had that that was a brief period of time away. That was probably a couple of seasons uh, before I decided to go back and try and play at higher level. And again, well, on one of my several forays to university, I um, ended up playing for Bath for a season when I when I was at Swansea. When I was at Swansea. Right. So it was like, uh, you know what?
0: Is that where you met Nick Roberts? Well,
1: fortu- fortunately or unfortunately, Nick was it was during Nick's period in Germany.
0: Right,
1: okay, <laughs> right. So, Saturday... Got out
0: unscathed on that. Exactly,
1: you? but so, I mean, I had <laughs> met Nick before that, but Saturday mornings, were, well, it was a, a train from Swansea to Newport, and then we got picked up by Ken, who picked up my, me and a couple of lads that played for Penarth. Um And then home games were, were all right, but then it was that, that long trek to London for a game of lacrosse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, They're still doing it. I, I I understand when people go on about travelling to play, I understand it, but equally I look back at it and it was like I remember mean, my first game for Bath, we drove to Pearlie, beat Pearley, had one pint and they said, Right, we're going home now and it was like what? <laughs> yeah. So I think my, nine hours ahead of you Myself, way, myself and two LDOs uh decided to stay and uh, and we got back did you actually yeah, we, we stayed in we stayed in Croydon uh, woke up a, above a clubhouse in Sidcup it wasn't even Perley who we'd played um, and thought have we got there and then looked out the window the car was there <laughs> and, and Jesus Christ it, it wasn't me that was driving it was one of the Americans and uh, and <laughs> <laughs> and drove back <laughs> so mate
0: if, if lacrosse, yeah, sounds like a good lacrosse weekend, to be fair.
1: Yeah, yeah, so yeah. And again, that so that was my sort of a foray in, in Semla. So I have experienced Semla, so I'm not. So a, when a, was that?
0: How many years ago was that?
1: Oh, um, I would think about 2026, 20, maybe 27.
0: Okay, you've been back up north ever since? Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I literally did one year and then traveled back from Swansea every weekend to play. I decided that if I was spending eight hours travelling, I might as well spend four hours travelling to Manchester on a Friday night and four hours <laughs> travelling to Swansea on a Sunday night.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah it's mad that that's a <laughs> thing, but in lacrosse, you that's know. It. I know Bath have just played uh, Buckhurst Hill this weekend, which is probably one of the, the furthest fixtures. I think the only further fixture would be them coming to us down in Canterbury. Um, but they you know, they, they still do that long That that's a, uh, it's like I a past I can remember tradition, B- I think. Buckhurst
1: Hill we went to Buckhurst Hill with 8 players and I think we won yes. something like 15-1 <laughs> <laughs> the
0: only thing is when you go to Buckhurst Hill you need 8 players and a boat because that is the dirtiest, soggiest <laughs> pitch I've ever played on in my life it's yeah, I really do
1: remember cute. it being wet, actually, yeah, but... Yeah, it yeah. still is. Yeah, it, it still is. It, it you can play in wellies yeah. and get away with it. It was good fun. I was well acquainted by, with the M4 by the end of it. <laughs> All
0: right, cool, cool, cool. Um, you're obviously now working for the NGB. Uh, yeah. Briefly, how long have you been doing that for? Uh,
1: I took a career break in 2009 to go and work for England Lacrosse. And <laughs> what were you doing before that? Um, I worked in, in education, um in sports administration within education so at the time we had a government that came up with this brilliant concept of specialist sports college and school sports partnerships and mm-hmm. so I basically worked initially with one of the first five specialist sports colleges in the country at Siddlemore uh, just outside Roxdale, a little, vill- little, little town called Haywood that if you said it was part of Rochdale you would be put on a death list um, mm-hmm. So I worked there and worked there for five years and then moved to Buxton and worked for Derbyshire County Council doing a similar thing. So but but prior to that I'd also worked within university sports administration and had spells as a canoe instructor and a climbing instructor and a skiing instructor and all sorts of things.
0: You've been about a bit, Rich, haven't you?
1: Similar to yourself, Joe, I'd sort of like like to enhance my CV with as many options as possible as I went along the (laughs) way oh definitely definitely
0: all right so started 2009 for England lacrosse yeah and still there never looked back
1: uh no I've had lots of jobs in the process so I started off um as one of the regional officers (laughs) but with a specific role for the community festival element of the 2010 world championships so Building that side of things, um, which was the week before the World Championship was itself. So a lot of junior tournaments and school events and coaching events, and um, I mean, it it was it was just a really fun, fun twelve months on the build up to that. And it was a great tournament. Yeah, Twenty ten, I, I sit fondly in my memory. Bef-
0: before I worked for England Lacrosse, but we went as uh, a group of of young lads went for the the last week, I believe. Um, we loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was a great tournament.
1: I think it's the only lacrosse, the only lacrosse event to develop its own verb, the verb to be <laughs> mahood.
0: I was <laughs> going to say mahoo. <laughs> that was disgusting stuff.
1: God. Yeah, it, it was, was Pouring young drunk Americans out of stands after games because they'd come. Used to drink pitchers pitches of Bud Light and they were replacing it with yeah. pitches of Mahou. It was strong stuff. Was it
0: like five and a half, six percent, something like that? It
1: made Stella look like a session beer.
0: <laughs> it tasted that way. Uh, I remember it. I was like, I'm going to have the cider. Yeah,
1: <laughs> people would drink your cider for a night off. <laughs>
0: yeah, literally. Yeah. That's what we were doing. We were like, oh, I can't drink that. Jesus Christ. Um, all right, sweet. Rich, let's move it forward. Who is your favourite person in the game?
1: Uh, right, it's again. Um, I've had a lot of influences. In the game, a lot of people have um, influenced my thinking. Um, not necessarily agreed with all of them, or even liked uh, in some of the cases, but
0: they're the best ones. A
1: lot of people I admire. I mean, a few of the the honourable mentions, if you like. I think it probably starts with a guy called Mick Moore, who was uh, a, a in the Wall, Stockport, old guard, he was an England player back in the 70s and he was um, a proper hard-nosed lacrosse player who, with a physical attitude to, to the game and he rocked up at Rochdale, I don't even know how he ended up there and decided he was going to coach us and Fair enough. suddenly, uh, from nowhere, I was about 16 at the time and suddenly I was training Twice a week, I was going out for runs, and when Mick Moore did a run, you basically, you knew you'd run enough when you'd thrown up. Uh, <laughs> and um, like I say, if you if you stood still on a lacrosse pitch, his, his solution to it was just to hit you. Um, so you learnt to move, and, and I think um, he had a sort of massive influence on the young me on a lacrosse field. It made me realise there was a little bit more to it than just turning up, running around, and, and having a lark, really. Um, And then probably the next ones were the Nugent brothers, Matt Nugent and Nick Nugent, who they always played the game to have fun, but they were two of the most intense and angry people on a lacrosse field had no <laughs> Where about say frog. they from they both of them again Middleton outside of Roxdale they uh, Peter their dad had, had, had old guard he played at Baldwin and Eccles and their granddad mm-hmm. had played at Blakely they were sort of proper old guard but they were playing at Roxdale they were they were sort of both a really good sportsmen. I mean I'm still close friends with both of them. I mean Nick runs the pub round the corner from where I live. Um Matt's still playing remarkably um but again they just had They were never intimidated by anybody they they didn't like say they didn't look underneath the helmet they looked at the helmet and you could be an england player you could be uh an all-american and they just won't give a monkeys it's like right next um and again their careers ran along with mine so like say they two players that i've played with and like say still and then ended up coaching as well because they were sort of carried on a bit longer than me but and they're still both playing so those are two playing-wise, but I would imagine probably the biggest one on my coaching career is um, an American coach called Gene Peluso. He okay. uh, was the head coach at RIT when I met him at Rochester Institute, and he's the current head coach at Stevens Tech. But he was the person that got me to really think about analysing my coaches and not think about it session by session, but think about it as a whole in a programme and build things and, and 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 think about who you're playing and and how you're going to play in your sort of identity and profile and, and all those sort of big words that we use in coaching now um, but at the same time he was probably one of the funniest guys or still is one of the funniest guys I know um, I remember he like I say we we met coaching Italy in the what the two thousand and 12 world championships something like i can't remember it was when it was in london ontario right and he was coaching italy and i'd been invited to coach italy i don't know how the gig came up i just got an email saying would you be interested (laughs) and it was like yep um 2006 it was 2006 world (laughs) championships in ontario and um it was like yeah i went along and 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 met this guy at a a pre-tournament camp in niagara and we were there in niagara and just we just hit it off he was a sort of div three like a lacrosse player the player himself he'd gone through the system and was now earning a living coaching and we went to I say we coached Italy um it was like most emerging lacrosse nations the closest to Italy it had all been was probably Peter on Long Island <laughs> um <laughs> And, uh, and, and, and Love it. I mean, there, there was sort of pro players in there. Dan Cimotti was playing, who's like he's now a sort of full-time coach in NCAA. Um, Sean Wilkins, who I think is assistant coach at, at RIT now, and there was this sort of bunch of Canadians, Americans, um, Alex Rastelli, because Alex Rastelli would never miss an opportunity to claim Italianness. Um, That's
0: a name and a half. Yeah. You? Fair play, yeah. he
1: got yeah. Um, Makes the squad based on that name. Alone. Yeah, and and um, and then like say so one or two like said. So there were a couple of guys that were sort of Italian based, and so we put this thing. And I was invited, how we did it. And I, I remember we went, we we played Scotland in the opening game and beaten them, um, and then we went to scout. I can't remember who it was. We were scouting somebody, and we'd went to watch it. And five minutes later, Gene said, "Right, we're going now." So we went back to the hotel. And says, right, call the team meeting, got the team down and said, right, we're all going out to the pub because if we can't beat that lot hungover, we shouldn't be here. <laughs> Did it work? It absolutely annihilated him the following day as well. Um, Good man. But, Good yeah, man. so, but, again... He's a proper coach. Um, a lot of time for him. Still, whenever... Proper coach, coach with some, some interesting tactics. Yeah, but... he, I was going say, he's changed somewhat now. Um, I mean, he, he's a very professional. I mean, like I say, he's just... He's also got a phenomenal track record of producing coaches. So I'd like to say, throw a couple of names that started their career coaching under Gene. So you've got Matt Madelan, head coach at Princeton. Started mm-hmm. with Gene at Stevens. Pete Millman, head coach at Hopkins. Started with him at RIT. So he's got a track record of, of oh, really? producing coaches as well. Eric Koch, who I think is Denison now, Div three. Um, yeah. And, and also a couple of those guys ended up helping me out with the the under-19s, as was back in 2012. So, I mean, Matt and, and Eric Koch came and did some work with the 19s. Eric came on the coaching staff to the, the World Championships in Finland. So it's a, it had a fairly chunky influence on my coaching just both with people I've worked with, and a top, top, top man. Um, still, like I say, still watch out for all his results. People talk to me about. Or well, did you see the the Hopkins game? And it? sorry, no, I was watching Stevens Tech play Stevens, or you know, some lowly Div three game. But that's my buddy. Yeah, that's it. And uh, <laughs> it, it, like I say, it's the most amazing college campus as well. Sort of. On the Hudson River, over the, from the lacrosse, overlooking uh, my uh, Manhattan, It's just like I say it's a, a great a great place to play lacrosse as well. So cool place.
0: So it's amazing when you get a bit of a, a connection with another coach, and it's not. It, I often found it, it doesn't even have to be because of their knowledge or um, you know the stuff that they know or the stuff that they teach you. Sometimes you actually just get a really good connection with another coach, and you kind of bounce off each other, um, and it. You know, he said about, oh, we went down to the bar. He said, if we can't beat them hungover, then we can't beat them. There's so many... I've always said this, that there's so many different ways of coaching a group of people that there isn't... We like to think there is right from wrong. And here is a book, and this is how you should do it. But actually, it takes someone with, you know, a lot of precision... Uh, in their decisions to know whether something's right from wrong or know whether something's going to be effective you know if you go and smoke that game the next day best decision ever if you go and lose that game oh you shouldn't have gone to the bar do you know what I mean it's so easy to to criticise a coach but actually yeah it's an individual um, relationship that someone has with an entire team and, and only one person maybe their assistants actually understands what's going on and why things are being yeah. done.
1: And again, it's just the way, the ability to take a group of guys, you've probably only been together a week beforehand and probably that that event moulded that group of guys into a team. And it was like, well, we can't let yeah. the coach down tomorrow morning because of, if we do, and it, it's, but, and I just think what, What he epitomises to me, and again, is we all play the game, everybody plays the game, not to win, it's nice. We all want to do it. We we play it to enjoy ourselves. And that's the bottom line, isn't it? It, it, If it isn't fun, why are we doing it? Whether you're an international or whether you're a beginner playing a game of pop lacrosse in primary school. Absolutely. All right, Rich. Which we'll come on to later.
0: Let's flip that on (laughs) its head. Biggest grudge in the game.
1: Here we go. It's... um, I thought about this and I was going to jump into the Tom Wenham camp but
0: I thought you meant Tom we'll was your back. grudge then I was like oh blimey he's no, gone deep no 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 no, no.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, yeah that's it um, the people I've got a grudge with are the people who sit on the keyboard or the end of a pitch and moan about things and don't do anything about changing it the keyboard warriors yeah but it's not just keyboard like, say I have it side of a pitch warriors I mean they say it's just people oh, who... At least that's in person. Yeah, well, there is that. But it's like, yeah, what are you doing about it? What, what are you doing about this? What are you doing about that? And it's just... I have no issues with people's opinions about what I do, what other people do, and they are completely entitled to. And in some stages, might be right, but be part of the solution, please.
0: I'm with you. I am with you. I think
1: we're going to come on to a little bit when we talk about... Nemler and moving forward and bits and bobs. But it's like, I always want people to be part of the solution. Those are the people i got a grudge against. But equally, I don't like grudges. Grudges are a massive negative thing. But I think, like I say, I've got lots and lots of rivalries. And I think those are better. They're much more positive. Have a rivalry rather than grudge a grudge. is a
0: rivalry.
1: Rivalry is a grudge. Who, yeah, who have you got the, your rivalries so. with? Ah, it's Australia. I mean, that's it. It's uh <laughs> Hang on, didn't
0: you, I might have got this wrong, didn't you beat Australia?
1: I think you'll find I was probably the last England, coach in England team to manage it, <laughs> um, and I've been, di- I've been dining out on it for a long time since.
0: <laughs> you can keep dining, sir, you keep going on that,
1: <laughs> I think yeah, someone else was, has got um, to do it again
0: before you have to stop dining well,
1: it. Well, hopefully this summer opening game in San Diego, um, and if we... We might have a look at the schedule. We might even get to do it twice. Oh, that'd so, be nice. That would yeah, be nice. But no, so yeah, I think like that. And then there, there are sort of the with club lacrosse. There's all they're always there as well. I mean, like I said, there's not a lot of love lost between Rochdale and Bolton and Eccles at times, and it, there wasn't a lot of love lost between Rochdale and Oldham and Rochdale and Ashton, and but it's that whole North Manchester thing. But it's um. But again, rivalries are great. I used to love rivalries. I mean, I say my favourite game as a player was probably always Stockport.
0: Everyone always says uh, Stockport.
1: But I don't. But I always enjoyed playing. They were. It was. It wasn't the fact. It wasn't. They were never dirty games. They were never. They was, I don't really. The, the only fight I ever remember in a Rochdale Stockport game was two Stockport players fighting with each other. <laughs> um, and it's probably because we wouldn't fight them because
0: I will come here for a fight. I'm having yeah, a I'll fight. Only,
1: yeah, I think we always had players in our team that were more than capable of looking after themselves. We were like Stockport. We were we were all. I mean, I, I was probably the only one who'd been near university at, at one point. It was like we had a lot of plumbers and builders and the token educating
0: player on every team.
1: Yeah, so like it's the saying, other way around but, now,
0: mate. Down south, it's like, did anyone not go to university?
1: Yeah, that's
0: it. Has <laughs> anyone got a trade? <laughs> well, we, be,
1: we become we become an academic sport now. Oh yeah, big time, big time. But yeah, so. But again, it, it was like say, I, I I I do share the opinion. A grudge is a negative thing. A rivalry is a positive thing. So let's call them right.
0: rivalries. Sounds good.
1: But I still hate people moaning. <laughs> That's
0: my favourite thing to do. Rich, what would you change about the game if you could?
1: someone else has said it. i'd like to break this centrillions image that we've got of our game a little bit and someone still mentioned it. it what's la- what's lacrosse oh it's that game in the film in it that man. it's like we play one of the best team games there is it's it's all round brilliant and i just think it, it'd be great if one day i get to say like oh what do you do i, I work for lacrosse or i play lacrosse or i coach lacrosse and, say, and somebody says oh brilliant that's a real i've always fancied that yeah so it's raised that profile. It's a tough thing to do because we are a a minority sport striving to be a middle a, a middle sized game, and um, and the, the the bigger side of the game is a slightly different demographic than the than than, than the men's game, and it and it is still a, does still live a little bit in that world. The fact that it, it's those the, those girls' school teams are producing some absolutely phenomenal athletes. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's great, but...
0: There's nothing to take yeah, away from that, obviously. That's where we get players from. But exactly. Like we just said, we're perpetuating it at the other end now with the whole university thing. Do you yep, know what I mean? that's it. We're yeah. kind of going back... Not back down that road. Well, yeah, we're going back down that road a little bit. Now, I've got a question for you. Do you think the men's and women's games coming close together, like people are obviously trying to push them where they can, that little bit close together, do you think that will help uh, change that identity? Or do you think that will actually... Hinder, like, do you know what I mean? Because they are obviously their own entities, but I play men's and I'm always being told that's that's from Enid Blyton, that's from Centrinians, you know. And I'm like, no, it's it's a different version of the game, but what do you reckon?
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I think people, this is the big debate, isn't it? All the games are getting close together and that's a good thing, that's a bad thing. I don't actually, if you look at the essence of the games, it's the same rules, they just they were just interpreted a bit different. And we put helmets and gloves on men, and then it turned into 10 aside, not 12 aside. But even there, in many ways, the rules are quite similar. They're just slightly different interpretations. And I think the educationalist in me, if you like, they're invasion games. Can yeah. I score? Can somebody else score? Can I move to score? Yeah. And it's as simple as that. And, and I think it's a positive thing if, if they are recognisable next to each other, then people see lacrosse. They don't say, "Oh, that's girls lacrosse." Oh, that's men's lacrosse. And then we get away from all this battle of contact lacrosse or non-contact lacrosse and yeah. semi-contact lacrosse. It's, let's just play lacrosse.
0: It's tricky because, well, I think it's tricky. In you're, I don't think it's something you can actually change like that identity. Yeah. It's, you're waiting for the next biggest thing to change that and I'll tell you what I mean by that so it's played at private schools that's as big as it got it was you know it, it was in books it was in probably some you know TV um, shows that it was played at private school and that's what everyone knew now randomly the other day I was talking to one of my old apprentices um, he was new on the firm and I said, to, he said oh, like what are you do at the weekend I said oh, I'm playing lacrosse and he said now this is a guy who knows nothing about the sport he said the only thing I know about lacrosse is Paul Rabel. And he knows that through social media, TikTok and stuff like that. So it takes, and that's what I'd call like the general public. You know what I mean? He is not interested in lacrosse at all, but he has an association with the sport through one individual who is, is um, marketing himself very, very, very well. So we're yeah. almost waiting. In my opinion, we're almost waiting for that next—I uh, don't know—celebrity or someone who comes out endorses it and then becomes the the thing that it's now renowned for. If you know what I mean, I think if we're actually going to chase the identity of the sport to change it to something that we don't want it to be, I think we're going to struggle to do yeah. that.
1: And, and let's like say let, let's embrace what it is, and yeah, it changes. And but it, I don't think it's... It, it, the essence of the game is the same. It's played by different people, if you like, and different. But let's be honest, the, the men's game in the north of England came out exactly the same place. It was Stockport Grammar, William Hume Grammar, Manchester Grammar, and Cheagley Hume Grammar. Also, an exhibition of it. And the head teachers yeah. thought, oh, this will be a good game for my, my boys to play at my grammar school. And as yeah. a change from rugby or rugger or yeah. whatever it was. But it's where it came from. It's, it's not there now. Things change, don't they? And we talk about sixes as this great revolutionary thing. I remember playing this well, sixes, you you'd start off the season, you'd play Rochdale sixes in October, then you'd play Heat Mersey sixes between Christmas and New Year, and then then you'd break things out and get a bit freaky, and you'd play Stockport eights at the end of the season, and then <laughs> and then you'd have Ermsden sixes just after it. So like I say, I was playing sixes at in my youth. Yeah, it's the new the the great white hope of lacrosse.
0: Yeah, it's got a light <laughs> shone on it all of a sudden, doesn't it? Basically.
1: And it's essentially the same game. It's just we've put a shot clock on it and made it made the pitch a bit bigger. Other than that, the yeah. rules are pretty much the same. Goalkeeper. What do you think of it far as far as development?
0: Like I, I what happens right, at the top end a happens a at the top great, end. But...
1: It's a great development tool and again it's it fits into like I mean well, Let's say one of the previous, because if you've got a point to make about other things that people have said on the podcast, it's like, I don't know if it's Steve McDervat or Ryan Sweetman basically said, well, why are we doing pop lacrosse when we've got sixes? We should be doing sixes now. And it's like, it's the same thing. We just don't have a goalkeeper in pop lacrosse. And it's, yeah. it's a, a six-a-side game without a goalkeeper it becomes a five-a-side game.
0: From memory, Ryan said that six they did sixes and it really started working for him. Yeah. Steve said they got rid of pop and they haven't replaced it with anything. Why we need that yeah. development tool yeah. coming up?
1: But I think, um, it, but I, I, again, I, I do think it's part of it. And again, my corporate hat on, if you like, is that we've worked on this playground to podium thing around sixes with the the ultimate aim of the Olympics, but we've. We have launched a, a, a state school-aimed programme, which is affordable, and at the bottom end, that's pop lacrosse. Pop lacrosse isn't a plastic moulded stick. Pop lacrosse is a set of rules. Yep. And you can play it with a fiddle stick, you can play it with a field stick, you can play it with a women's stick, you can play it with a pop stick. It's a set of rules. And yep. it's a six-a-side game, take the goalie out, becomes a five-a-side game. It's self-contained. Schools can deliver it themselves. Then we move on to, if you like, the next stage is a secondary school game, which is aimed more at a field stick. But again, yeah. it's the same principle, and you can put a goalie, in, it's not contacts. It's about developing the principles of the game.
0: I gotta say though, I love what Ryan said. It like, it it does hit home. Like I I know what you're saying about the plastic stick, but. I think the the pop stick, if you will, was a bit of a bit of an issue in getting people developed and and playing the game. But Ryan said he had the ability to turn around and say to his kids, like, "No, this is what I play. This is the version I play." Hmm. Um, And I think that's got a lot of sale, a lot of marketability to it. Do you know what I mean? We're not playing. We're not playing field. We're playing pop. But you could play field. Yeah if you wanted it's it, much easier to be like yeah i play this oh yeah
1: i agree but it, lacrosse is lacrosse and like i say the, the the issue you've got is a, a set of pop lacrosse sticks is what three to three to 500 pounds well within a primary school budget
0: i keep finding them on ebay yeah. really cheap yeah
1: exactly you, you can get cheaper <laughs> ones but you, so a school can equip itself it can be self-contained it can run itself and we've got resources out there to support them in that and we've, say, one of the last projects that that, that your old your old partner, Craggy, did before he left was me and Craggy worked on developing some resource cards and we've got those out there and those are available for schools and so it could be self-contained. Now, clubs can come along and introduce field sticks and when we get them over to clubs, do it that way but there is no way a primary school is ever going to fork out over a thousand pounds for 30 sticks nah. it's just not nah. gonna happen um they could buy footballs for netballs for 10 years for that so Absolutely. we've got to do something that's accessible right across whether it's in the deepest darkest corners of kent or the borders of scotland it's they can it's something that a school could deliver themselves and then the next step is how do we we, we then bring them towards field lacrosse from that and the great thing about the sixes format is well for the same number of people you need to have one team of field lacrosse you've got two teams of sixes so it's a lot easier to develop on that front and, and get a game up and you can tweak the rules so it can be two boys three girls and whatever you can tweak it to fit whatever you want um, yeah, all
0: of a sudden, you have got some marketing stuff to look at as well. You know, you yep. can see Ryan Sweetman doing that move at the fly. Or, oh yeah, uh, that's you know, it. But and
1: it links directly through. It's the same number of people on a field. Yeah, uh, yeah I and I think that's the bonus of sixes. And let's like say it, it's not new. Sixes used to be something we did as a gap between tenor side games.
0: I think it just had more beer in it. There's every every time I played sixes, because it was like one similar sixes used to be. We used to, well, it still does. We used to enter similar sixes, and it was a, you know, a good tournament, a bit of a drinkers tournament type thing. Yeah, I don't think many people took it that serious. It was like the start of the season, and
1: yeah, it was good fun. But I, but I think I'd say I'm going back a bit further. Like sixes was deadly serious. Um, <laughs> oh, it was. I mean, you never get. I take my sixes very well, seriously, sir. So. You never get. You never get two rival teams in a tournament that don't want to win it. And all right, there were. I think. It, it, Bath in many ways changed a lot of that because you get you got a much broader range of of teams entering it, and again that you remember the old days at the you won't remember the old days of Bath but I remember the old days of Bath it was the it was the pre-season link, and we would all go down, and try and win the thing, yeah, and it, and it was ridiculously competitive and it was bragging rights till the next tournament which was like I say, some, Rochdale Sixes October half term Sunday in October. And everybody used to go and do it and compete and win, and and it was deadly competitive. There was the shall we say the camaraderie afterwards, but it, it, <laughs> it wasn't. There wasn't a lot of boozing on the sideline while games were going on. You were you were trying to win it because you had bragging rights to the next one.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be All right, cool, cool, cool. And uh, Rich, I, I'm not sure whether I should ask this question or not. Of all the questions, that I'm not sure whether uh-huh. I should ask. Um, You're not a massive one on the social medias, but do you have anyone or anything that you want the listeners of the show to go and follow on social media?
1: I thought about this question long and hard, and I knew when it came through. I I do do social media, but I tend not to follow. I will look, and if people recommend something, I'll dip in it, and I'll read it, and I'll take it on board. I do follow one or two people, and and I try and do it, but it's just... I think... I would. There are pod. I'm more of a podcaster, shall we say. So I do follow at the gym. There's a couple of podcasts I will recommend. So there is um, cutting edge coaching is one I'd recommend on Spotify all right. and all other good podcast platforms. Um, it's all things that I look to fill in between you producing new episodes, Joe.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh well, when I make this my full-time job, Rich, I'll be churning them out twice a week, mate. Don't you worry? Um, he says, locked in his spare exactly. room, having put his kids to yeah. sleep.
1: Um, and then the coaching culture <laughs> is another one. Again, there's some interesting stuff, and I mean they're both American-based and they are very American in their format, but they've sort of moved it a bit. So, hang on,
0: when you go to the gym, you you go and listen to coaching podcasts? Hell yeah. Do you? I find yeah. that really interesting. Do you not have like... Like, do you not compartmentalise? I oh, This is my coaching time. The gym is not work time or coaching time. I'm going to go and do something, you know, and like listen. True crime, not going to lie. It's one of my favourites. Do you not go and listen to something like a different genre? Because we're I mean, talking to Tom. Tom was like, no, it's literally this is what I'm listening to. And it was so deep. I was like, how yeah. does that man ever switch off?
1: No, I did Do you really? Yeah, it is it, I find it relaxing because again it I my gym my gym is pre pre-day so I have a very sort of clear regime drop the kids off at school go to the gym and when I'm lifting I'll listen to sports podcasts Do you really? Yeah or or anything like that and yeah occasionally I'll do some music but only if I'm bored with or it's a particularly dull or I've run out of ones to watch it or uh, but I will, let's say, and then when I'm doing my cardio work, I will be an uber nerd and watch some, some sort of Disney series or Star Wars series normally. <laughs> some weird Japanese sort of take Anime. on Star Wars, <laughs> which is Mate, 20 I'm, minutes long. <laughs> I like to think now that I've my,
0: my docile tones in some of my episodes have helped you reach some of your PBs in the gym.
1: Oh, I'm going right. to take bought, that. You yeah. don't have to
0: confirm it Rich, but I'm going to take that and I'm going to I'm going to run with it if
1: that's all right mate. Yeah, that's fine. No, that's spot on. You you are my primary motivation <laughs> in the gym job.
0: <laughs> I, I you know what, I find that really interesting as as uh, a coach and obviously talking to another coach you, that you don't have uh well, I am not know, what I'm trying to say – specific times to think about specific things, you know what I mean? Like this is If I went to the gym, the last thing I'd ever listen to is some coaching philosophy or anything. Like, I wouldn't even dream, it would annoy me to do that. And same, if I'm at home and it's gone eight o'clock, I'm not doing anything like that. It's not even on my radar. It
1: doesn't have to be coaching either. I mean, like I say, um, the the other one I I sort of quite like is uh, TED.com and some of their their video their vlogs videos and and sort of they make you expand and think ted.com
0: yeah t-e-d.com
1: t-e-d.com so i mean the latest one i've just watched is uh coach val varily kodos who was the head gym coach at ucla um Mm -hmm. so she there's some good stuff on that that she does about like i say it's not all about winning or winning isn't the main and and some of the interesting philosophies she had about her gymnastics coaching so it isn't. It, it's not lacrosse specific. I look a lot more generic. Um, and the other biggest recommendation—it's old-fashioned social media. It's this big building you tend to get in the centre of towns called libraries.
0: Yeah, go on. I've heard of them.
1: Yeah, and you go in. Dust there,
0: accumulators.
1: Yeah, they have lots of things on the shelf called books. And right. I I don't do it as much as I used to. Not tend to have the time anymore. But if I do get a chance, to wander in and just peruse what what business management books are on there or sports books and stuff like that and and just no i've never i've never read a full one start to finish i just sort of open flick read a page put it back but a couple (laughs) i would recommend is um liquid thinker is a a great one and the five yeah and, and uh the five steps to a winning mindset both by a guy called damon hughes who is uh He's a, a psychologist, but he's done a lot. Of, he's a, a fellow Mancunian. Um, he's he's done lots of sort of books, but he's he's worked with Manchester United and various other things, and he uses sort of sport for social mobility and stuff. But he's written some really good sort of general stuff on books. I would never recommend picking it up, reading it cover to cover. Just take Indeed. out a chapter, take a quote.
0: Chapter, well, pop in the library like you said. Yeah, Pick go out, in the library. a library. There's loads of good pop stuff in there. Down. So they've, they've always got a good beanbag section in the library, I find as well. It's, yeah. a, it's a good place to go. Oh, the modern version
1: of libraries is is what, because um, you can get a cup of coffee in there while you while, while you use <laughs> that library.
0: As long as you don't damage the books, <laughs> as I have found out. Um, all right, Rich. Before we get into
1: um,
0: the bulk of the questions, what other passions and hobbies do you have away from lacrosse? Because you're very much lacrosse. You even let lacrosse and coaching take over your gym sessions. It gobsmacks me. <laughs> Uh, tell us about your other passions and hobbies, mate.
1: Um, you can normally find me by a beach mucking about in waves. So I'm a one of those modern phenomena, the Mancunian surfer. Um, no way. Yeah. So I so, so I I do enjoy surfing. Um, I'll tell you I'm
0: a longboard, surely. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, but um. I, Did actually, you used to do
1: shortboard? Yeah. did you yeah when you had sort of exploding before i had exploding knees and things like that yeah mate yep my (laughs) my my, yeah my core stability moves somewhere in my throat but uh back in the day yeah but um all my kids surf as well so um oh amazing we we all go but i I also i mean i also make things out of bits of wood so i'm one of those like say i build guitars do um, you actually? You build a guitar? Yeah, I build guitars. That's what I do on the side. No way! Yeah, so I have a, electric or acoustic? Both. Um, so, I, 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 yeah, I tend to do a lot of sort of a hollow body, but uh, hollow body electrics rather than sort of true acoustics, which is all that yep, yep. bending and that sort of stuff. I have done that, but um, yeah, so I. I Particularly in various strands of Telecaster shapes and stuff, but I do a bit of everything. I mean, I've I've made. I never knew this. Yeah. How have
0: we never discussed this? Drunk in a pub in Manchester. I have what? no
1: idea, but yeah, it's um, it's, it's they take a long time to do. I sort of I, I would you'd never call it a production line. I've like say two or three years over each one when I've got a bit of time. Yeah, uh, it's yep, gone yep. a bit dry lately because again I've. Um, house renovations have been on so those people that do follow me on Instagram will have seen my um, the development of my loft conversion and building from scratch <laughs> so uh, going well finished now so the pictures are all up there oh, so well done, um yeah it, it was out of necessity rather than uh, a d- great desire to do it it was uh, the quotes came in and it was thought how much and, yeah mate they're not they're not cheap and they're uh cheap. the kids were getting sick of being in a box room and i wanted to move another stage up to be away from three teenagers so <laughs> <laughs> just keep going up love, yeah, keep keep so, love conversions so bits of bobs like that so yeah i'm uh living a thing i probably wanted to do i probably we were joking earlier about playing lacrosse with builders and joiners um i think if i was honest that was probably my first love was was uh, and, it, and it was the fact that I was probably encouraged towards a more academic route rather than. I think if I was honest and I probably quite like to have left school at sixteen and bit a bricky or a joiner.
0: Yeah, or a chippy by the sounds
1: of it. Yeah, but yeah, like, like I like a bit of wood, a carpenter. I regard myself as a carpenter rather than a joiner. So.
0: Yeah, no, it is very different
1: to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I sort of carve um, wood, and uh, but yeah, so no, awesome. that sort of stuff. But just about to start on my first ever surfboard. I'm about to start making my first ever. Wooden Mate, Wooden Surf I want
0: to see that from start to finish. Right. Put it on your Instagram.
1: Well, maybe that could be starting my YouTube channel.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're mad if you don't have one. I mean I haven't got one, but you're <laughs> mad if you don't have one. Apparently it's how you make money these days All right. as well. Alright, so we're um, building guitars and we're surfing.
1: Yeah. Anything anything Sounds beach sweet. related. If there's no waves just booking about on a beach like see that's that's how I like to spend my summers. I mean it, it, getting your tan on. Well, it formed my choices of university. It wasn't. It wasn't a surprise that I ended up studying at Swansea.